Hello, and welcome to the only podcast where the intro jokes are as clunky as some of the writing the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> I'm Matt. I'm Luke. And I'm Max. And this is Force for Thought. I'm, I'm going to be very scattered, which is appropriate for the Book of Boba Fett review. <laughs> there we go. Th- yeah, there's the intro. There's the intro. All right. Hello again. Uh, today, we are reviewing the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, we all did a rewatch. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about our TV shows ranked in the Book of Boba Fett. For Luke and I both, we ranked it at number seven. And for Maxwell, he ranked it at number nine. Um, and it was very divisive, even though we all kind of have the same. I, don't, I feel like I'm very split. Luke really likes it. I like it. Like yeah. Quite a bit. Max does not. He thinks it's doing bad things for Star Wars. And I'm somewhere in the middle where um, I guess I'm not a huge fan, but I, I don't. Man, I don't know. Because I have. Two pages of notes and one of half one and a half of them are negatives. Um, so, <laughs> who am I to say? I guess so anything. So I will get dive into it. Um, I think the way we can structure this, just like we did with Obi Wan a little bit, is talk about the positives and negatives and kind of an overall. I guess um, a couple sentences or something. If you want, like opening thoughts, opening remarks about the book of Boba Fett. If anybody wants to go first, I feel like you guys both have pretty hard. Yeah, feelings. I'll take it. I. So Love, noble of you. <laughs> I, I loved rewatching the show. I do not like the Book of Boba Fett as a show that much, and I wasn't dreading rewatching it per se, but I wasn't looking forward to it like I was with our Kenobi rewatch. Yeah. That being said, I absolutely loved rewatching it. Every single episode felt like it went quicker than the one before it because I was I I just really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. When you take away the pressure of watching it the first time and you're hoping for a really like great story and all these different story threads to come together and they don't. It is disappointing, and as a show, it obviously suffers for that, but there is still an incredible amount to enjoy in the Book of Boba Fett that goes beyond just the sloppy writing. Yeah, I'll kind of transition between the two, I think, maybe then. Um, I agree. I do agree with you is that I feel like watching it a second time, there was moments, it, I felt no pressure in comparison to watching the first time. I knew exactly what was going to happen, and I I think the first time watching it, which was which was very fun. Max and I watched every episode together. It is a very fun thing just to watch Star Wars on a weekly basis. We always talk about that. But I think there was a lot of pressure of not being like, oh, my God, Tusken Raiders again? Um, and so it was a lot less pressure doing that. With that being said, I noticed a lot of other things I liked and a lot of other things that I disliked on the second time as well. So it, it is a, still a, a really big mixed bag. Um, but I, I do tend to agree with Max that it is doing kind of bad things for Star Wars and the fact of like, you know, exploring characters that don't need to be necessarily explored or maybe left or be- better to mystery. But I think it was more fun the second time around, weirdly. Maxwell. I um, I do agree, actually, with a lot of what Luke was saying. I On my rewatch, I did dislike it less. And you're absolutely right. When you're rewatching something and you know where it's going, you kind of have less of that, like, nervous, anxious anticipation, and you can just kind of enjoy the highlights a little bit more. Um, so I, I did get to kind of enjoy the highs of the show without hating the lows as much. Mm-hmm. That said, you can't ignore the lows. I mean, we, we all acknowledge that they're there, right? Um, but it was... I also kind of agree with what Matt said because it, it mm-hmm. did kind of highlight a couple things. I was like, oh yeah, this is like a really fun sequence. But it does also, upon rewatch, knowing how it ends, also highlight a couple more... Negatives. Like, not plot holes, but just like inconsistencies and... like. Why we can get into it, I guess, but like, why does why does he go into start you know the final battle happening at the bar and not Jabba's palace, a place that is further away from all the people that he's trying to protect? Yeah, yeah. because I have that right in my that notes. was glaring because to me this time. the mods the mods said we're not leaving, yeah. and then Boba Fett was inspired by that, so he's like, okay, cool. Well, you guys go get this part of the town, and then they left. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know there was there was a lot of things like that. Like this if I was time Boba around. Fett, I'd been like, yeah, sure, we'll stay here. You guys have to go cover that part of the town, and I'll be right here. I promise. And then run back to my palace. <laughs> I think something um, about the show that I've realized the second time is that we talk a lot about how Boba, but the book of Boba Fett was presumably potentially going to be Mandalorian season three, right? Um, and then they were going to do a different Mandalorian story per um, per season going forward. And I think that still is a possibility. But I also think that there was a couple other weird things that I'm like, it might have been a bigger problem where I almost feel like they had a story, a cohesive story. Um, and I feel like they had to go through significant rewrites. And that's why some things don't make a to- like a total sense because I don't, I feel like a lot of the writing in no way makes sense. If you're going to sit down and write something to be like, yes, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And instead I feel like we had to rewrite it. I could be wrong and I'm sure I am, but beyond the Mandalorian season three th- theory, 
and which is why we get two episodes of Mandalorian within this show. And it's not a B storyline, which like it should have been. Um, I also have a feeling like, and maybe this is just because I wanted it to be, but like Kira's syndicate feels like it should have been within this. And I could be wrong. And I don't know. And I don't know if that timeline would fully make sense, but I feel like so rewatching it, the villain, there's practically no villain. The Pike syndicate is underdeveloped and so weird. And part of me was thinking that that could have, this could have been a tie in for that with Crimson Dawn. Yes. And instead they had to rework it because they were going to do a Lando show. And we just found out a couple, as of this record a couple days ago that um, Steven and Donald Glover are writing the Lando show. And so, you know, that's been obviously a little dicey over the past couple months, maybe a couple years, but like, I don't know. Maybe that's just on the top of my brain, but like how much more sense would that make? And then I feel like they were like, okay, so we can't rewrite the first couple episodes because it's so involved with this, but you know what we can do is stick Cad Bane randomly at the end because why is Cad Bane not the main villain the entire time? Mm -hmm. And how much more effective would it be if the first episode started with a duel? I don't know how this is necessarily to work, but like they have two duels in the last episode and it's like, well, that doesn't pay off anything because it would have been so much better if that happened in the first episode. What and then are, he, what are the two duels? The the Boba Fett Cad Bane one. Yeah, in the begin well in the beginning of the episode when they're about to fight, and then I think it gets distracted, and then at oh. the very end when he ends up killing yeah, uh, yeah, Cad yeah. Bane, quote unquote, maybe potentially. Anyway, that's just my thought about the about the Pikes and the whole. Uh, I, I I just feel like this show might have been a rewrite altogether, and it could have been something vastly different, but instead we're left with kind of like these pieces of them kind of just stuck in Mos, uh, Mos Espa um, as well. Sorry, if you guys want to have anything, any thoughts to that or not. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't fancy myself much of a writer, but even I have like a dozen ideas that I think would do a lot of favors <laughs> for this show. And we, we can sit here and nitpick it all day. The, the fact of the matter is that the writing was not very good for mm-hmm. one reason or another. I personally like to think Robert Rodriguez, the executive producer, he directed an episode of Mandalorian Season 2, the one with Boba Fett on Tython, and he famously, or maybe just famously in my mind, but he talked about in the gal- in the gallery or in some other interview how he auditioned for it by taking his action figures and like making a little stop-motion yeah. um, movie, and I feel like that is just the energy that he brought into Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Like, I feel like he came into the writer's room, dumped down a bucket of toys, and was like, this is what we're working with. We got Cad Bane, we got a Rancor, <laughs> we got Grogu and Luke Skywalker, the Tuscans. one's a child, one has dreadlocks, we're just gonna make it all work, yeah. and it doesn't really, but if you look at it like you're just playing with a lot of toys, like, there are a lot of toys in this, mo- in this show, and yeah. it's a lot of fun. The scene with the Rancor, I kind of knocked it a couple weeks ago in an episode, mm-hmm. because... It's kind of random. Like, Danny Trejo shows up with a Rancor, and it doesn't really come up again until the end when Boba Fett starts writing it. And, yeah. like, there definitely needed to be a lot of other development of Boba Fett, like, training with it and maybe even just looking at it once or twice more. But when you take away the pressure of how this is going to be paid off and just experience that scene and Danny Trejo's like, yeah, this is a Rancor, you're like, that is a really cool Rancor. Like, this, yeah. is, this is pretty cool. I, I liked it a lot more the second time. Do you, um, you know... What Robert Rodriguez directed besides like Boca Boba Fett? Just I know nothing about him. No. So Danny, he he directed Machete, which is why Danny Trejo's in <laughs> Big this. Friend. And he yeah. also has super hardcore rated R movies like Machete, like From Dusk Till Dawn, which is are great movies. Robert Rodriguez is also a great director, but he also he also directed Spy Kids. And <laughs> so can you not see that with the mods now though? Like I mean, it makes a lot of sense, <laughs> but like. Or like some of the sequences in Jabba's Palace with the droid with like all the different arms yes, and the um, knives and everything. Feels the chef droid that was the awesome. Chef droid, there yeah. was so Very much cool. amazing creature and droid design in this show. For the Scorpionex, like, those yeah. two. That mm-hmm. I will give it. It it is. It feels a lot different than like Mandalorian, even too with the. And the it does, and, stuff. and I'm always talking about how whenever there's six human characters in a TV show episode, like why don't why not make two of them an alien? And they did that in this episode. Like there is a scene with Cad Bane talking to an Ethorian, talking to a Pike, and that is just something, just a scene that I would never imagine would come in live action, and I'm so yeah. glad it did. And there's so many like that, like the Trandoshan Syndicate, the Klaatuinians, and the Aqualash. The fact that they exist, let alone are ma- major characters in the show, is yeah. such a gift. I love hearing your talk, Luke. Maxwell, you've been quiet. Or maybe we've just been stealing. Or no, I just, I, I, I'm I waiting for the, the positives and negatives. Okay, yeah. So let's dive into some of the positives. Uh, does anybody want to start with the positives? 
Yeah, I'll start with some positives that I have, because like I said, the show has a lot of negatives, and I'm going to get into it here shortly, so it's going to sound like I'm just doing nothing but pooping on the show, and that's not the case. Uh, it does have a lot of positives. So, starting with one of my favorites, Black Chrysanthemum. So, yeah. something that I talk about all the time on the show are the comics. I love the comics, and Black Chrysanthemum, prior to Book of Boba Fett, was exclusively a comic book character, so it was really cool to me to see them bring a comic book character into live action. It felt like they were really, um, I, I don't know, not looking out for me, but it, it, I felt <laughs> like, I felt like I was being given a shout out, you know, like, Hey, you guys read the comics. We're paying that off a little bit. Here's a character from the comics that you guys really like. And what a perfect character within that story. Like, yeah, it makes perfect sense. It, yeah. It yeah. is really cool. So I, I, I really like that a lot. Um, obviously, uh, Cad Bane, Cobb Vance. I really liked that. Um, I did, I liked Fennec Shand a lot. Um, we really? kind of talked about it in a previous episode. Yeah, Luke, you said you weren't a, a big fan. I do not like Fennec Shand. I, I think she's the worst part of the show. I, that's such a massive statement. Beside the writing, I I, <laughs> I don't I don't like Fennec Shand. Is I, what see, I'm trying I, to say. I like Fennec Shand. I thought she did good. I I actually had no problems with her. I thought if anything, she was underused. Yeah. Um, underused that's, is a good word. But like, she's always just there in the scene to like say the things that Boba Fett could be saying. She's was, basically yep. the same character as Boba Fett. That's, Why does she need to be she's, here? She's a plot device they, more than an yep. independent character. Most like I think like ninety percent of their dialogue is just plot to be like we need to do this we need to do that oh let's mm -hmm. go here let's go there and I, that's the yeah. that's the biggest problem the one literally the one instance that i can think of where she has a line that's not just explaining plot is when the mod thanks her at the end in the final episode and fennec chan says manners i like that you're welcome and then flies off and it's like that's the one hint of personality i got from this character in seven episodes yeah that's true it's yeah a weird um yeah she she is a major plot device for boba fett um but yeah, well, and I guess I agree, because I, I guess all the parts that I really like are the parts where she does start to go off and do stuff on her own. Um, like, whenever there's any action and she's sniping, it's always really cool. Obviously, the end when she strung up Mok Shai's and assassinated, yep. like, all of the heads of the uh, other families we and everything. We both gasped when that happened. Yeah. yeah. That was shocking. Because, it's shocking. Because the entire show had, like, a very, like, childish charm to it. Very spiky. And then she <laughs> and then she hanged this guy from the ceiling, and we're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's funny. It's a 180. Like, it went from spike is machete real quick yeah. <laughs> spike gets the machete that's good um i i, I have a I, I not that i want to scan through the positives real quick but there's just i can i don't want to again consistently talk about negatives necessarily either but i think it's really cool we get to see boba fett escape the sarlacc pit um that's what a huge thing right it's something we've been talking about forever it is exactly kind of what we thought which is i know that's one of those things that you need to see and it needs to not be that convoluted yeah like he just uses his flamethrower and then kind of crawls out. And that's exactly what I wanted it to yes. be, and it's kind of exactly what it needed to be, and I'm glad we got it. The only thing is, I wish it was longer. Like, they do that weird morph cut when he's just like, his hand goes through the sand, and all of a sudden he's like halfway out. I was like, no, no, no. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> Let me see him come out. <laughs> like, I want to see it all, weirdly. But, I mean, obviously that is like a cool, super cool scene that is, is again, really needed. Um, I think they, I do give them a lot of credit for trying something new. Uh, even though some of it doesn't work, especially on Tatooine, I feel like specifically like the mods would look would work a lot better on almost any other planet. It just does not feel like it gels with Tatooine specifically. Oh, they're clean and colorful, and they have British accents. Yeah, that's it's not, just that's not Tatooine. No, it feels like Coruscant or anywhere else. Like it would make a lot more sense yeah. almost anywhere else. But then they also are like these cool hip people that are also, but they also have to like steal for water, and yet they have these insanely expensive motorcycles i assume <laughs> yeah. like i don't just double up sell half of them and you just ride on the back if you're gonna be together all the time that doesn't look <laughs> as cool though. um they also have really cool sets something that max and i also nerded out about is being able to see inside of java's pals and something we haven't seen before i wish we almost got more of that you know you know like you know maybe don't fight in the cantina because i'd like to see the other parts of the <laughs> with that being said he probably doesn't want to destroy his own home i, I get it you, you guys <laughs> said that earlier and i didn't get a chance to defend it but oh, I, yeah, like, so. I like that they fought in the in lady garza's burnt out uh cantina because it's about boba fett defending moss espa not defending jabba's castle yeah but in order to defend them but he's putting everyone else in danger like he could go to Everyone's the. Everyone's already in danger. It's not. not you're not going to isolate the fight. The pikes are coming for all of Mos Espa. They've infiltrated every area. Every. But they have uh, to get Boba Fett though. Like it doesn't matter if he went to Mos Eisley. Yeah, They're they coming for him. They don't care about Mos Eisley or Mos Espa or anything. They just want Boba Fett. Which is also which is my biggest thing is that, like, one of the not to dive into negatives but like to swerve in and swerve back out. The only reason they're after Boba Fett is because Boba Fett went after them. <laughs> it's like that. It's like there's no. 
there's no conflict there Correct. besides he's there's getting drugs out of the city he's keeping it safe but that's yeah but that's the thing is that i feel like i don't want to go too much don't tell me negatives. you're on drug side i was about to say drugs. i'm about to dive into the negatives do we have any more positives that we want to highlight yes real quick? let me just go through real quick because I, I feel like i haven't even gotten to mine i have one epi- i have one positive left <laughs> which is the Mando episodes are great. They're just misplaced, obviously. Right. It is a, it's not great when you're watching Book of Boba Fett, which I know has been overset a million times, but like you you have a sigh of relief. Like There was 20 minutes into the episode when Max and I were watching. We were like, oh, I think we're just getting Mando, <laughs> and we like it. <laughs> like, right. I think that's you know that's never a good thing. It's those are um, I love those episodes, too. Um, I mean, do we need Luke and Ahsoka to talk? Probably not, but I like it. And I feel like there's a lot of things like that that I'm just like, yeah, these are just – they're doing it in a way that I, it feels natural and, and, and good versus Boba Fett, who has not changed at all and is a stagnant as a character for um, four episodes up at the or yeah four episodes up until that point. Anyway, those are my positives. Um, I also you know I like the armor. I like Fennec Shand a lot as well. She has nothing really to do, but I like I like the armor. I like the sets. I think they actually make Moss Espa a livable city and so when they do have the fight at the end it feels like you know where they're at the entire time even though you have to sit through a chase that is so slow i know that's been said to death <laughs> yeah. but it is the really mod, the mod chase when you're re-watching it you're like wow this is weird yeah. <laughs> like it just it, but it feels like a ride almost which is kind of cool and i like the speeders and i like all that too but um uh, yeah, I, I, I don't want to go too far in the negatives again, like I just said, but something that's weird, I just think of the chase, is the, I can't, the, like, the mayor's right-hand man, um, who was the ex-husband in Veep, mm-hmm. that's the thing, is, like, cast, the casting is an odd choice in this, because you're casting comedy actors, and trying to have them play it kind of straight, but it also be a comedy, is just, like, I don't think the tone knows what it fully is, which I think is just one of the, a problem yeah. of the show, where it's, like, Again, rewatching it's like not necessarily a hard watch, it, but it, it, it is because I have to. You have to sit through the Tuscan Raider stuff and kind of go. You know, flashbacks are never great when you have to rewatch something because you know the outcome of it, unless it's something spectacular. Um, and yeah, I, I just feel like I was. I just wanted to point out the mayor's like aid guy is like it just. I I, I like that actor actually quite a bit. I think he's very funny, but it's just one of those things that I'm like, I know who he is, and I'm expecting something from him. Um, which is not to typecast, I guess. That's me typecasting somebody else. But it's just like I just feel like the show doesn't fully know what it is. It's kind of it's like, which like which is exactly what Robert Rodriguez, I guess, kind of does. He either has super hardcore rated R movies or super PG movies that are for kids, and it's like this is somewhere in the middle, which is an odd place to live. And I feel like uh, the major domo, I th- um, I don't know his name, but I know that was his title. Um, he was a great title. he was like a. a on paper, I feel like it works a yeah. lot. And, like, I kept trying to, like, think about his character and a lot of his dialogue. And I didn't have, like, problem with his dialogue. I just had problem, like you were saying, like, with the tone. Yeah. Like, it felt like overall Boba Fett was a little too Spy Kids. So yeah. he was even more campy and, yeah. like, jokey and everything. Whereas yes. I feel like his character would have worked really well for the comedic relief if the show had an overall darker tone. Yes. And he played it a little more straight as opposed to, like, as... Yes over the top in as the he was first scene when he's just like oh that's another misunderstanding an understanding of a misunderstanding or whatever and it's like i know that you're trying to do like a wordplay thing there but it's just like i'm confused what i'm watching currently <laughs> i'm two <laughs> minutes into this you need to spoon feed me a little bit before i understand the tone yeah if that whole scene was just i, I don't even think it was the writing i think it was just like directed a little more seriously and a little darker yeah then that comedy would have hit a little bit better honestly yeah all right luke positive it up all right. Um, a lot of this is just like small things that, as a Star Wars fan, I'm glad to see in live action Love again. It. Like Max Rebo, first time we've seen him since 1983. That was super exciting. We all worried that he died too. He was not in the. I know he was not see him, but in the we all were that worried. Day. Yes. <laughs> um, there was a male Twi'lek sex slave, which is great for gender equality in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> Haven't seen those before. That was exciting to me. Uh, the creature design I was talking about uh, before, it's good across the board, but at the end of episode one, that unique creature design with the four arms, but it's yeah. sometimes four legs. He was super cool. Very cool. I really like seeing that. And just their use of aliens instead of humans. Like, mo- nine out of ten Star Wars show, every Star Wars show besides the Book of Boba Fett, if you have your main character captured by the Tusken Raiders and there's another guard, and there's another captive, he's going to be a human. And they made it a Rodian this time. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Um... Uh, Ahsoka refers to Luke as Master Luke. Yeah. I'm excited for what that implies. Is he a Jedi Master by... In in the Order? Like, what does that mean? 
I had a lot of questions after that one throwaway line. Put that one right next to that Obi-Wan has a brother. <laughs> no, this <laughs> one's coming up. I'm sorry. It's not ruff- the same. I just want to ruffle your feathers. <laughs> uh, it's a Mandalorian thing, and so it feels odd to give credit to the Book of Boba Fett for it, but the N1 Starfighter is awesome. Yep. The scene of them rebuilding it and then treating it like a hot rod race car that was modded beyond belief, and he has to open it up and really let it let the throttle flow and... That was a lot of fun. I really like that scene. Um, that's all I have for... Oh, we keep knocking the writing. And one of my favorite lines in the Disney era Star Wars is when Mando sees Cobb Banth again. And he says, I haven't seen you since you got rid of your armor. How have you been? More and careful. he says, more careful. That <laughs> yeah, that line. is a great line. It yeah. does also have the best use of this is the way. Um, I know. I said that last week. It was. Yeah. They say they have to go out there and face certain death, and Mando just says, "This is the way." Yep. Oh, I love that. And that's a great example of the major domo cutting a scene with comedic relief. That was a good example of that. I I didn't know what you meant by when you were saying that the major domo was tonally misplaced mm-hmm. in a lot of scenes. I thought he was great. I also don't don't really agree with this Spy Kids tone that you guys seem to have gotten from it. I thought really? that the tone was pretty consistent. There were times with the mods that it's odd and. I I get that, but like everything with the Tuscans, everything getting Slave One, every all the two Mando episodes, and that's seventy five percent of the show right there. So, Floop is a madman. Help us save us. Um, I feel like that's a spike, is rough. Um, I feel like um, we, the thing with the with Boba Fett is like when I wrote down what it essentially is about, I got really excited because it's basically right. Like Boba Fett is in a town where a drug syndicate is running spice. And you have a crooked mayor, Cad Bane, Black Rosatin. Like, everything I just said sounds titillating. Like, you can't miss. I don't know how to like, say it. Oh, that's yeah. going to be great. Yes. And I'm just like, and somehow it's just like, it's just, just odd. I don't know. It's just very weird. Because I'm just like, I'm like a crooked mayor, Boba Fett's in the town. It's great, right? Um, and then, not to, I don't want to get, like, we can start and go into an A-get. Max has got his phone out, so buckle up, folks. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think, like, uh, to get into some negatives, um, I think we we weirdly covered I think a lot of mine um, because they're really positives and you just needed the right perspective. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I might go I the would, other way as well. Um, is yeah, I think like we talked about Cad Bane maybe being the the main villain. We don't know anything about the Pikes. We don't understand them. My biggest gripe with the show though I think is just like the Boba Fett doesn't change. So last time we see him, he is in the Empire Strikes Back. He gets hit by Han Solo and falls in the Sarlacc pit. And up until that point, he's working with the Empire and is a bad guy. He is a bounty hunter. And then he's all an s- independent contractor. Bad guy has a lot of baggage with it. All right, he's an independent contractor that chooses to work with space Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> so you decide what side he's on. <laughs> but yeah, I like that better than just labeling him a bad guy. All right, but yeah. Uh, so okay, he's an independent contractor. Independent contractor, and um, you know, he's working with the Empire, and so presumably he's very bad, right? He's next to. Sorry, he's next to Vader when in you know in Cloud City. He is like his right hand man, sort of in that in that uh, in that movie. And then all of a sudden, he wake he gets out of the Sarlacc pit. Um, yes, the Jawas take his armor, but all of a sudden, he's just like a new person right away. And that's the weird thing is that he's not even an ounce of like bad almost. He's just as like learning and growing with the Tuscan Raiders, who are also like we talked about a couple episodes ago, are are, are just like questionably bad. And that's like something I was weirdly looking up a lot of things. Other people's reviews, and I feel like a lot of people like the Tuscan Raider thing. I and liked it a lot more on my second watch. Did you mm-hmm. see? To me, it's just like it is such a slog. And the I think, I think the payoff at the ending, which is a, I noticed it this time and not the last time, is I think that the, the what the payoff is supposed to be, which I don't think works or lands, is at the end when he kills Cad Bane, he kills him with a gaffy stick, and I think it is new versus old. And so I think the whole setup is for him to get his new look, which is explained because we already saw him in, in Mandalorian when he has his new robes. And I think it's the gaffy stick is the the final blow that he wins with Cad Bane. He kind of chooses this new way versus the old way. And instead of using a blaster, he is able to defeat Cad Bane with his gaffy stick. And I think the whole setup of the Tusken Raiders is for that moment. And that is a weird, long setup for a moment that is not obviously clear. And I'm still questioning if that is even the full thing. I don't think it's necessarily new versus old, and I'm glad you said that because I actually do have that as one of my positives, right? right. So supposedly uh, the whole, at least in my interpretation, um, the whole reason of the the Tusken Raiders was because Boba Fett, who was, I guess we were led to believe a lone wolf up until this point, learns that you are stronger with a tribe. 
Uh, he says that yeah. to Fennec Shand, and then uh, during that final confrontation with Cad Bane, uh, Cad Bane bests him. He's on the ground. He's about to kill him, and he says, let this be my final lesson. Trust only yourself. Yeah. Everything else is weakness. And then he takes out the gaffy stick, which he built as part of a tribe with the Tuscans, and he kills him with it. Air quotes around kills. We'll talk about that in a second, I suppose. Um, and I, to me, that's the message, is that, no, you're not better yeah. by yourself. You are better as a tribe. And like the weapon that he built as part of a tribe has basically saved his life. But we've already doubled down on that, because we know he works better as a group now, because we saw it in Mandalorian Season 2, when he's with Fennec Shand, and he helps Boa Fett as well. Or he helps Mandalorian and stuff, too. So I feel like that's a double-down lesson already. But we just see the effects of this character development. We don't see the character development of him being with the Tuscans and not trusting them and them not trusting him yeah. and what they go through and how they get slaughtered and yeah. how that changes him. But That's guess, his character development. It's just but it odd because it's not like over the course of the series. It's in several years ago yeah. from the series and it's just like flashbacks and they're yeah. only in the first three episodes and it's an odd way to present the character development, but his arc is still there. I don't know. That's a, my biggest thing too. Is just like he wants to be. He wants to run this town, and then he gets to, and he wants to take over and rule with power, not fear. No, he wants. What does he? What Respect. Does he say? Respect. Thank you. Power. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but then he at the end he's like, this isn't for us. That's not and part. It's like, what the hell did we just watch? It's like it wasn't even it that was enjoyable. Just to set him up to constantly be at Din Djarin's beck and call. That's it. Yeah. In the future, Din Djarin's going to say, like, hey, I need help. But I wonder what Boba Fett's up to. And we know he's going to be yes, free. But you know what pisses me off is that they didn't do that in season three. Of The Mandalorian? Yes. Because there was a good opportunity to so bring in Boba no Fett. So there's no payoff. So it's like literally the, the show ends with him being like, well, then if not if not us, who? Right. Fade to black. Mandalorian season three comes around. No. And I feel like Lucasfilm always takes the wrong lesson from this, right? Because yeah. honestly, the, I would love to get more Cobb Vanth. We saw him at the end in the back to tank. Yes. And Cad Bane, when he was uh, stabbed with the gaffy stick, he still had that light on his chest that continued to blink. It never stopped. So yeah. a lot of people believe that his life support system or whatever was still working at that point and that he survived. So we could... I've, this is another loose end that Lucasfilm has set up to come back to in a future story that they're never going to tie up because they're going to learn the wrong lesson. They're going to say, oh, no one really liked the book of Boba Fett. We shouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. But it's like, no, people love Boba Fett. They just didn't like how you did this show at all. Yeah. People loved Cobb Banth. People loved Cad Bane. People loved Black Kersantan. Like, by yeah. all means, give us more of those characters. But does that did, going back real quick and then finishing that thought up was like, does it not make sense to have a little bit more character arc for Boba Fett instead of just him... Game with the Tuscans and all of a sudden being a completely different character than we know him to be, kind of, in Return of the Jedi, he's just completely different? Like, doesn't I mean, it make sense to give a little bit of, like, gradient to it, you know? Like, give me that a little bit so I'm like, okay, he's still kind of a ruthless killer. Cad Bane says that. But we don't, we never see it, because all of a sudden he wakes up and he's all of a sudden kind of a good guy. And then he is all of a sudden in the Tuscan Raider robes in the next episode. All right, I'm getting too antsy because this is touching on too many of my weaknesses, so I'm just going to start running through them real quick. With that being said, as a disclaimer, uh, hire us Lucasfilm uh, and don't take us too harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I um, like the show. I think uh, the name. We'll start with that. The name is clearly a holdover for an oh, idea wow. that did not pan out. Buckle up, folks. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back to the name. The Book of Boba Day Fett. Day one. We, we already have Andor, Ahsoka, Obi-Wan. Why was this called The Book of Boba Fett? Clearly, like we were talking about before, about just too many cooks in the kitchen, too many writers had their hands in the pot or whatever. That happened with the name. At yeah. some point, they named it this for a specific reason, and that reason just clearly did not pan it's out. because it was going to be Mandalorian Season 3, and it, Chapter 16 of The Mandalorian was going to be the end of the Book of Din Djarin. Yeah, but they could have changed that name. They could have, but they exactly. were just, <laughs> just call it Boba Fett. They were just talking about this at Lucasfilm since probably 2017, that we're going to have a series called The Mandalorian, and it's going to be several Mandalorians. First, it's going to be like a, a book about, the, about Din Djarin, then it'll be a book about Boba Fett, and then a book about... Bo-Katan yeah, and, and when it was pitched, Sateen. that's a great idea. The problem Sabine. is they don't have anyone uh, supervising who was able to like at least see the final product or enough of it to go back and say, like, hey, let's revisit the name. Why did we call this? Because a lot of stuff has changed since then. When they need to have a little bit of quality control to be like, hold on, let's let's real quick, you know, just tie up some loose ends here. Do um, you think another if from a sorry, go ahead. Abrams got a hold of Book of Boa Fett season two that we would find out that that's actually not Boba Fett and that's just a clone of Boba Fett? <laughs> no, I don't I'm not think actually so. being serious. <laughs> Why are you pausing for that long, Maxwell? Because I, I didn't know if I wanted to like that or not. I was like, oh, they could redo Boba Fett? No. I no. know, I know, but I had the, no, the, no, I had the no, same. No, no, don't do I was that. Like, <laughs> um, 
and then the the other kind of meta thing for me was the fact that it's just seven episodes. Like I know that's a stupid thing no, to pick no. up on, but I, that's weird, right? Yes. Something at some point yep. went wrong in there. Yep, because they had to add two more episodes about Mando and Grogu. So they only had five episodes. Yeah, no, some. I think that's what I'm saying. I think what's there wrong was with a, five? What do you no, mean? It's not you a want TV it show. Eight, that's weird. Eight to ten is like the. It's always eight to ten episodes. It's seven. If you're doing seven episodes, something weird happened. Obviously, with Kenobi, we know something weird happened is because it was supposed to be a movie, and they kind of reworked it, and they, they reworked it again. It's like six episodes, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. So six episodes makes sense. Seven episodes is like something got cut, and that's whether oh, and then added, right? So it's a, whether Boba Fett had a whole new arc, and then they decided not to do that, or maybe that's why the Tusken Raider scenes are only in the first two episodes and not kind of throughout or just the first episode. I have a feeling something happened. And then they had to cut it by an episode because seven is such a weird one to do. It's that, so weird. That is so arbitrary. I, you know so much more about the TV industry than I do, so I'll defer to your expertise that it is odd. But I, who cares? Like it's seven episodes. So what? Like you just want it to be eight? Just because no. that's what you're experienced. I with? think if they were able to do eight with I, I just I don't think it's. I don't even care that it's seven. It's just like I. That I mean, just gives me a clue that something happened and that the show, which is leading to like my tie-in maybe with Solo you can, or whatever. Matt's relying on his industry experience here by saying that 7 is not a, a standard industry number for a TV show, even though it's straight Correct. to streaming. That is so random. That's like... I don't, I don't see why it matters. Like, would you have been more happy if they had another random episode about Mandalorian that had nothing to do with Boba Fett, just so it was eight episodes? No, I'd be happier if this was just better planned and thought through yeah. and executed as one single yeah. vision as I opposed to piecemeal a hundred yeah, different things. It's not that it's, it's seven episodes, which is the hang-up. I think that's just a clue that's like, oh, something happened, and that's why I'm like, did they rewrite it? Because well, we know uh, something yes, happened. Seven I mean, yes. episodes in and of itself isn't the problem. Yeah, yes. that's a good way yeah. of putting it. Yeah, it's just an indicator. Yeah. Um, right, so, so we can cut that. Seven episodes, not a problem. <laughs> No, it is indicative that there something went wrong. It's a it's a we don't clue, clue to a bigger problem. We yes. don't need clues to this problem. We all saw the show. We know it was poorly written. Um, Please hire us. The so and then all right, so we'll get into the show now. The flashbacks, everything, oh, everything, now we're getting into the show. everything with the sand people was wasted. There was there was no point to the flashbacks. Boba Fett summed up everything that occurred in the flashbacks when he was talking to Fennec Shan. Oh, he when did. He said, I was left for dead in the sands of Tatooine, like you. I was rescued by the sand people. They took me in and treated me as one of their own. We don't need anything that we saw in the flashbacks based on that summary. But oh since my. we did, we know that this is absolutely false. That is not what we saw happen with our own you, eyes. Usually, this is textbook Stockholm Syndrome. Usually it's show, not tell. He told us that I did not need to see it. Yeah. With that being said, you, Luke and I were, earlier were talking. you want to take it? Because he, he did it perfectly for some reason. Not knowing the conversation, I feel like. What conversation? No, he said it normally. We were Did talking, he? I we were talking about how, for whatever reason, Tamora Morrison has, like, I, I don't know how to grade um, accents, but he has, like, a 5 out of 10 New Zealand accent, except for when he says Tatooine, when he just ups it to 11 out of 10, <laughs> and he says Tatooine. But <laughs> he, does that, I think he does that with his name, too, because um, also another just kind of weird thing that jumped out to me was uh, at one point in the show, he's told Fennec Shan, I think it was when they were trying to break into Jabba's uh, palace, bibs at the time um that there's advantages to people thinking you're dead yet the entire show he's constantly telling people who he is <laughs> because the most common line in that entire show was tem saying i am boba fett <laughs> and boba fett's another one where i feel like he really cranks up the accent there <laughs> um but this is it was just textbook stockholm syndrome the only reason he cooperated with the tuscans was because he was imprisoned in essentially a tuscan labor camp and then we have to talk about like no, they became the character friends. development that's, that's not fair i disagree with that assessment also. That is 100% stock. He was syndrome. part of the tribe. They gave him the little nose scorpion and they got to build a gaffy stick. And then we talk about um, like the whole reason for it and like what was the message? What, what did he learn? What was the character development? And to me, like I said, it's that he is stronger as a tribe. And that kind of makes sense. But when Cad Bane is about to kill Boba and he says, consider this my final lesson, look out for yourself, anything else is weakness, then Boba kills Cad with the gaffy stick from the Tuscans, right? And to me, that kind of, like we said earlier, that solidifies that's the message. You're stronger uh, as a tribe, not by yourself. But is that the lesson that he should have learned from his experience with the Tuscans? Because they were already a tribe and they were wiped out. The only reason Boba lived was because he was off by himself. And he himself... <laughs> That's, he himself. That's not fair. <laughs> Luke's like, I'm gonna rewatch it for a third time and hate it now. <laughs> Boba himself says he got the Tuscans wiped out by a Nikto speeder gang. So isn't the opposite lesson what he should have learned? Is that wouldn't that be a better backstory for yeah. someone who has become a lone wolf? Yeah. 
Like, to me, that's like a backstory as to why Boba Fett refuses to work with anyone else. That should have been like the opposite of the lesson that he actually learned, which is weird to me. Yeah, I thought maybe like one of the Tuscans, like the, the warrior with the dreadlocks could have survived yep, or yep. something. Or the kid. Why was there a kid? The entire first... going to get slaughtered along with the rest of them. The entire... <laughs> that's true. Uh, the entire first two episodes, Matt and I kept talking about it and we were like, oh, because at the end he's going to rally all of his allies and the Tuscans <laughs> are going to also come help save the day and everything. And then that didn't pan out. And then it was just, it was it's a weird choice to use these Tuscans anyway because up until this point what do we know of the tuscans like they yeah, they they pillage towns they kidnap people they no, no, torture say them pillage village <laughs> they pillage villages um <laughs> Not and then, all Tuscans are like that. You're generalizing. Yes, they, they are. The Tuscans this show solidified it. Even no, when the, Boba was agreeing with them and this innocent train was trying to pass through their territory, they immediately innocent. took out guns. They immediately took out guns, went to a ridge and tried shooting at them. And lo and behold, they shot back because they were defending themselves. This was not the first encounter with this train. We do not know that they instigated the rivalry between the What do the we planks? know about the Tuscans? Think of the Tuscans, everything we know from A New Hope, from the Phantom Menace during the pod race scenes when they're just taking yeah. pot shots at the pod racers. They they say in this show, though, that there are different tribes of Tuscans. Some survive by raiding and pillaging, and some live off the land. And they say that... Clearly, we... they're raiding and pillaging. They kidnapped these two people. Boba Fett was kidnapped. He was tied, and they were forced him to work in a labor camp with this Rodian. Something... Um, th I was, again, looking into some people's um, reviews of, of Book of Boba Fett, and people loved the Tuscan stuff, which is odd to me, because I, like, I, I feel like there's two things, and it's this show is... A lot of it is exploring things that we don't know, but we already know of, right? So it's like, you know, Bobo Fett himself. We're getting a lot more in-depth knowledge of who this character is versus, you know, we've known him forever and we we don't know much about him. The same thing with the Tuscans is that I feel like we've known them forever, obviously. For they're in A New Hope, uh, and we yet we don't know much about them. You know, they're in A New Hope, and obviously they're in uh, Phantom and, uh, you know, and, and Revenge. And I feel like we don't – or is it Attack? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, it's Revenge. No the attack. Tuscans are an attack. Okay, it's an attack. Yeah, it is an attack. So then, I feel like we. we it's, I think it's a big, a bit of a misstep in two things. It's like I don't think we need to know everything about every single. I don't know species or character, and I think that's a bit, of, bit of a misstep in the fact of like we almost know too much about Boba Fett now. We almost now we know too much about the Tuscan Raiders. I'm not sure if we know too much. I think it was just handled in a very odd way. We just now we kind of have that explored out a little bit. But I, I, I feel like it is a bit of just a misstep of thinking that every single person needs to know every little nook and cranny of every single thing. With that being said, I like Rogue One, so that's kind of, you know, I know. That's just because the there's examples of times when you don't like that. People, yeah. people always say that, that stuff is better left as a mystery, but, like, look at the Mandalorian culture and how much cool how cool that was as a mystery. And then the Mandalorian show came out, and it's super cool when mm -hmm. we know every single detail about their history and all of the lore. Like, if that went even a little bit worse. People would be saying the exact same thing, that, oh, it should have mm. just been left as a mystery. If it's done well, it's more exciting to see stuff explained. Mm -hmm. And the Tuscans, it was so interesting to see it all explained, because I do like the Tuscan arc. I've always wondered how they survived. The Black Melon stuff was mm -hmm. cool. The nose bug that takes you to get your gaffy stick from some weird tree, that was really exciting, because <laughs> I always wondered where they get sticks in the desert. I'm thinking now, it's like they're anti-drug, and yet they're tripping left and right. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, it, the, are, the, are the Tuscans anti-drug? The Tuscans probably didn't have a problem with the spice trade. The, the, no, they just had a problem because reason. somebody was going across their land. They were the essential to a crotchety old man saying, get off my lawn. But instead of shaking their canes at him, they were shooting at him. They have an ancestral right to the Dune Sea. I, you are being so unfair. All right, all right. What else? So what else did he learn from the Tuscans? Because Fennec Shan said, living with the Tuscans has made you soft. How did that make him soft of what, everything that we saw? clearly it did because he has a very weak stomach for crime as a self-declared crime lord and a huge heart for others he cares about what he uh says are his people in his town uh which doesn't make sense how is this his town when did it become his town which he, came he here. instantly gives up at the end of the show. yeah <laughs> he claims to be a crime lord but he is opposed to spice running and gouging water prices so what crime is he okay with that he is lording over exactly yeah calling himself a crime lord because i was wondering if that was going to come up on my rewatch because people always talk about about Boba Fett as a crime lord in this show and I'm like well he's not a crime lord he's just kind of seizing control of the city he to make it prosper. He claims himself but to be a crime yeah, lord. he does refer to himself as a crime lord once. But, but no crime? drugs. Yeah. yeah. And no, 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 drugs, price no price gouging. It's like whoa. Okay. There's a, well you know what Robert Rodriguez had a whole sex trafficking storyline they cut. <laughs> yeah. That was that was where he drew the line. They're like okay we gotta throw in Mandalorian to lighten this thing up. It, it's based on it sounds like he just wanted to be the mayor. 
which they yeah. have. And he could just run for office. And uh, he actually cares about the town and is apparently more anti-crime than the actual mayor who is working with the Pikes. So it seems to me like he has a legitimate shot of winning. I think he should just run for office at that point. Yeah. But uh, another thing that made no sense was um, in one of the flashbacks, Boba said he wants to kill that bloated pig who double-crossed me and take his throne, alluding to Bo- Bib Fortuna. Who's not? How does he know he's fat, first yeah. off? He's never seen him yet. And did Bib double-cross him? Did he cross him first to ever even double back? Like, what? what's the story between Boba and Bib? Like, that's just a line that sounds cool but makes no sense. Maybe there's a whole Bib Fortuna Star Wars story waiting to find out that he was a mole with the Rebellion helping Luke Skywalker, and he got everyone together on the sail barge, and then his best friend to is explode, and then... Stayed back at the palace for some reason. Until oh, wasn't Bib Fortuna on the sail barge? He, he must not have been, but I could. No, he wasn't on the sail barge. Interesting. Or, I thought he was too, actually. Oh. I, can, I can kind of picture him on the sail barge, but he obviously survived. Yeah. I wonder how that. Cut did this. That, we got we got to rewatch Return of the Jedi before we talk about <laughs> it. Um. All right, all right. And then let's talk about some motivation. So, what was Fennec's motivation to stay with Boba? She was thankful for. Uh, yeah, she for just Boba says I'll stick around. Him. Yeah, but then she said she'll help him get his ship back, and then she's gone. And then the only thing else that he did was wrongfully, wrongfully massacre a Nikto speeder gang, which Fennec had previously said was unlikely that they were the ones to wipe out the Tuscans. Oh, they were still villains. That's not and uncalled for. He nearly got Fennec killed by blowing up the Sarlacc pit trying to find his armor. Where in there did Fennec think, you know what? I'm going to see this through. I'm going to I'm going to stick around for a little bit. It, I didn't make sense. Yeah, I won't the defend mods, yeah, We already fair. talked about the mods. I'll no stick really around for mods. a little bit is like the worst sentence you can... I feel like you're at a party. You're with all your friends. All your friends leave and there's that one weird person that you kind of know and then you're <laughs> like, oh, all right, well, yeah, it was good seeing you. Yeah, I think I'll stick around. And you're like, God okay. damn it. Read the room, <laughs> Yeah, Fennec. read the room, exactly. It's like, I'll stick around is the funniest way to be like, yeah. <laughs> Boba's just sighing. I know I'm starting a tribe, but like... Not with you. <laughs> Could you not? <laughs> Could you not? Um, we already talked about the mods, but I didn't like them story-wise, action-wise, or aesthetically. Um, they... I, I will say, aesthetically, I was bothered on my rewatch. The mods are referred to by Lorth Appeal as half-human, half-machine, but boy, they aren't. They all have, like, <laughs> one minor modification. Correct. Like an eighth, at most. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, They. I would say the mods... Like That's even a if good sh- idea, bad execution. Correct. Even yeah. if you place them on Coruscant, I don't want to see them again. No, I agree. They're, they're one agree. of the few things in Star Wars that I would say I'm okay with never seeing the, again. What's the worst part is the idea is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the idea. I, everything you just said, again, on paper, we have a crooked mayor. We have half robots, half humans that are called mods. Everything is, you know, everything is. Who are built by Thundercat. Yes, who are built by Thundercat. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I like the things you are saying. That being said, if. Cobb Vanth comes back as a mod and lays claim to the mod gang as his own. I'm here for it. What's with Thundercat and Flea being in Star Wars? Who, who's just the like random? Base. Yeah, who's the random base lover at Lucasfilm? Who's like, oh, you know who we should get for this role? That would be perfect. As Filoni's over there in like a wolf cowl playing bass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. None. None of the politics worked. Uh, Boba Fett never made any sort of offers or provided any information on why the three families working with him were in their interest. Uh, in fact, they said they made money off of the Pike Spice trade. So the compromise they reached was to just remain neutral. But why would they? Like they said, like we yeah. b- benefit nothing from you, and we do get benefit from the spice trade. So it, it didn't work out. And then they double crossed them, and it's like, yeah, of course they did. But whatever. Yeah. Um, the assassination attempt on Boba, the assassin clearly said he was sent by the mayor, and the mayor just flat out denies and tries to blame the <laughs> twins, whose motivation and plans are also unclear. They threaten Boba that they are laying claim to this territory, because um, it's Jabba's, their cousin's territory, and Boba says, you'll have to kill me for it. And then they walk away because they say bloodshed is bad for business. Um, and then they send Chrysanthemum to kill Boba, and when he fails, they give him a rancor and leave the planet. Because again, you got the order wrong. They they don't agree to leave until after the Black Crescentin thing. They they send Black Crescentin before they before they whatever yield the territory to Boba. Matt. Yeah. No. They they were talking in the street, and Boba Fett said, "You're gonna have to kill me for it." And then they walked away. That was the first oh, time. Then they There's walk like away two right times they say, where like, they say something s- to the extent of "War is bad for business." They walk away, but they say, "You better sleep lightly." Like they imply that it's not over then. Okay, and then, so they send Chrysanthemum, that fails, and then they're like, all right, our bad, here's a Rancor, we're leaving. Max, as yeah. me and you both are very passive, tell me you wouldn't do the same thing. 
<laughs> Leave the rancor and just get out of there. I'm not a I'm not a crime lord trying to steal a territory from somebody else. Neither is Boba Fett, but I he's trying. Those, I don't think those people tend to be that passive aggressive. I think they're li- a little more aggressive. Um, uh, okay, so the whole purpose of the twin storyline was to provide Bobo with black chrysanthemum and a raincor and to maybe have the audience think for a second uh, that they're behind all this and it's not the mayor. One of my least favorite lines in the whole show is Boba Fett going up to black chrysanthemum and be like, looks like you need a job. It's like... Well, I didn't mind that. The, really? It's, the, well, it's not like, a line, but the, the worst part with Black Chrysanthemum was when they just let him go outside of the palace and you get a wide shot of him just jogging off into the distance. <laughs> yes. we, we laughed so hard on that. We saw, we're like, what? Yeah. That's like the, <laughs> I forgot. Like, just zoom in on Boba in that moment. Like, don't show us, like, just the actor, like, looking around like, all right, I guess I'll just start jogging. That does look silly. It's like the scene in Kenobi where the same exact thing happens when Vader confronts him and then Obi-Wan just jogs off screen in <laughs> yeah. the background. Yeah. Yeah, like just nah, there's gotta be like, a better that way. That is of not as cool that. as you think it looks. <laughs> um, some of the action was a little weird. Robert Rodriguez clearly has this style where he occasionally likes to like slow things down and then quickly speed them up again. Um, and if it's not an editing trick, he'll like tell his actors to like hold a position for a split second before moving again. Like uh, the mod spin is a mm-hmm. big one. And it, I it just love kind that of spin. highlights how yeah. silly it is. That flourish. And another one that Matt always brings up is when Boba uses the knee rocket. Yes. And I don't know if it's like an editing thing, but like he definitely like lifts his knee to shoot the rocket and then he just like holds it there for a second too long and then he goes back to fighting. I love that too. You just want to dislike this show. That, that, no, all that I stuff don't. looks cool. I, I, think it, I just think it would be cooler to see that in like one fluid motion. Like it just looks like it, like he's like kicking in the air and like yeah. shooting fire, uh, shooting knee rockets it's and like stuff. He got stuck. Um, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. I did not see that at all. And then uh, the way they also shot Chrysanthemum like a monster instead of a character with a lot of the dramatic like slow mos and like the steep angles, like always like looking way up at him. Like I feel like Robert Rodriguez was very clearly influenced by three things in Book of Boba Fett, and it's like spaghetti westerns, uh, feudal Japan and monster movies and it makes sense because those are like a lot of like early cinema and when uh john favreau was pitching mandalorian to lucasfilm he originally said that he doesn't want to make something inspired by star wars he wants to be inspired by the same things that inspired george so it makes sense george who (laughs) sorry (laughs) who's this george um so it makes it like it makes sense that he's inspired by those things, especially because he's already worked with John on the Mandalorian. So like he knows like those are the things that they're looking for. But it, it just it was weird to me. Like Chrysanthemum yeah. is a character and like they just made him look more like a monster in certain shots yeah. than others. And it was just uh, it was kind of weird. Um, and then everything else we already discussed. So that's it. That's that's the end. That's the end of my list. Those are my thoughts. I I would like to talk about my cons. They are not so nitpicky about every single writing decision that we already agreed the writing is bad on and so i won't harp on that much more than max already blessed us with no no i don't think it's nitpicking (laughs) i don't i what i don't like is when people just make generalizations and without backing it up i try i try to come in with like a specific example to say yeah i also i think you did a really good job on that and not not that i i don't think it did a nearly as good a job but i tried to also have some sort of constructive criticism with mine as well my negatives because it's i think you do a good job too don't tell yourself short because i i i I, I, again we also all we all like star wars and this is just like a weird one like that it's like we've never really crossed before and it's like again the things weren't really paid off for it but it's like again as as a show it is undeniably flawed severely but as like just raw star wars content it's all really good yeah like it's really weird and out of pocket to have these two episodes of the mandalorian in the middle but they're two incredible episodes of the mandalorian they are i i think something um i'd be really interested in seeing like when um you know, when you you show your guys like kids this stuff and stuff, I feel like this might be like a, like a favorite for like potentially, right? Because it's like to show a kid. Yes, I agree. I thought of that as I was watching it because yeah. I have well, Luke and I have a uh, a five year old nephew who loves Star Wars and he loves Boba Fett. Yeah, and they're probably going to show this to him relatively early on just because it shows oh, Boba Fett as a, that's a good a guy. Huge mistake. <laughs> oh my god! I, I was I was watching the last episode today and my son was. I think he was actually, for the first time, he's 16 months, so he doesn't really know Boba Fett, but he was grabbing his Boba Fett toy while I was watching, and I was shouting yeah. Boba Fett, and I was like hooting and hollering, because the last episode is so high-octane and exciting, yeah, and he, he was hooting and hollering with me. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait to show this yeah. to my son. Uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez, being inspired by monster movies, did also um, uh, 
that was a positive specifically with the rancor in the last episode when you yeah. got that awesome shot of boba fett like the camera yeah. like looks up at the rancor and like you slowly see boba fett pop up over the head mm-hmm. of the rancor oh that's such a cool shot all the rain all the rancor stuff is yep. really cool um the one flaw that i would like to bring up that you guys haven't yet which i'm surprised there's any but <laughs> what i was really looking for in this show is a bridging between prequel era boba fett and original trilogy era boba fett and current day boba fett oh God, because no. they hint at it so they much. do it opens up with those flashbacks yeah. of camino and i was so here for it. i was so I excited agree. to see those and then you see like boba fett on geonosis to get it picking up the helmet and they Love even it. have an added shot i don't yep. know if that was like a deleted shot or something or I've... if they did that digitally i don't know but it's super cool but then it just like never comes yep. up no and like they talk about in the water gouging scene boba fett's like oh i grew up on a place surrounded by water and it's like sick bro like <laughs> i thought the same thing. It was, that's just bad writing it was like yeah he threw that line out there and everyone's like piss off mate yeah, like right he just like looks at the camera just happy <laughs> um and then no. again at the end no. with cad bane so it's it's interesting how they're going to bring in cad bane and relate it back to boba fett because the scenes with cad bane and boba fett in the clone wars were never finished and released mm-hmm. because that final shootout is like it's out there on youtube or wherever of like unfinished footage and Boba Fett gets his armor as a young kid or teen and he has a showdown with Boba with Cad Bane and they shoot each other and Boba Fett gets the dent in his helmet and yeah. Cad Bane gets a bullet in the head and then when we see him in the Bad Batch he's got that metal plate on his head and in the Book of Boba Fett he's got that metal plate on his head mm-hmm. and they like reference that with those design choices and Boba Fett says like I'm not a kid anymore in the final confrontation and it's, like that that stuff is not really explored nearly enough and I agree. not to mention just in this show like in Star Wars canon before this there's not really enough to there, assume the audience knows about that like yep. we're big into this yeah. and we barely knew yes. it and they're, also they're bridging the line between headcanon and canon yes. because we can we can draw in on that and be like oh well I know in this unused footage from the clone wars that this happened yep. but they hinted at it so much in the book of Boba Fett that we could be like that probably happened yep. but also Boba Fett, the last person who should say I'm not a kid anymore. It's glaringly obvious that the man is not a child. <laughs> yeah. Um, I found some more pros in my notes. Uh, a BD droid in mm-hmm. Pelimato's gang. That's awesome. First live action scene of a BD droid. Uh, first appearance in Jedi Fallen Order, BD-1. Oh, super, yeah, yeah, yeah. super great droid design. It looks yeah. and acts like a puppy. That's exactly what everyone always wanted from a droid. That was a lot of fun to see. And in episode four, the first Mandalorian episode, Pelimato talks about how the Pikes have caused everything to go to hell in the first Mando episode, episode four. And so it's not completely unrelated. <laughs> we we do have that one little hint of a through line through even <laughs> even the standalone episodes. So I actually have a confession to make. Uh, in my rewatch, I was kind of uh, rushing to get through it. I did not even rewatch um, episode five the first episode five with and the six. Mandalorian. yeah um because i knew that it just has zero bearing on the plot i knew that it was just 100 mandalorian boba fett never makes an appearance so i was like i'm just gonna skip this episode and then the next one also has a good deal of mandalorian and it was funny when i was watching it and he was flying in the n1 it occurred to me that that was what the previous episode was about and i was like oh my gosh i completely forgot that that was what the book of boba fett what Din, mm-hmm. what Din Djarin was doing in the Book of Boba Fett for like a whole episode was building that ship, and it just like reminded me how out of place it, it is. But while on the one hand it is fair to skip those two episodes on a rewatch because it does have nothing to do with the plot, it's still two episodes of the Book of Boba Fett, and they're two really good episodes. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything bad about it. That's not even the best part of the Book of Boba Fett. That's probably some of the best Mandalorian content we get. Mm-hmm. Yep. That being said, because it's structured like that, I think this show will age like milk. It is not going to be nice coming back in six years and watching these two episodes of the Mandalorian that take place between episodes or between seasons two and three. By then there'll be six seasons of the Mandalorian. It reminds me of the CW Arrowverse. Like I used to be into that Mm -hmm. and they would have a crossover every year. And as it went on, there were like three, four, five, six shows that all had a crossover and I would like just be wanting to watch the flash or arrow because they were the ones I watched. And one episode every season would be, completely unrelated and i was like what is going on and i really don't want that to happen with star wars but it seems like it already has i i do miss that kind of like that like early 2000s like cw type crossover event of the the decade or whatever of the of the year the The fairly odd parents and jimmy neutron crossover event i know what you're talking about i do (laughs) clearly that's the one i do like animation styles mixed yeah I i do like that kind of stuff i miss that kind of stuff the problem with it star wars in this particular instance is that there was no lead up or hype or anything to it. Mm-hmm. It was just like 
watching it that's the problem with star wars a lot of time modern day star wars is that it's confusing yeah because it's like what are the expectations give me a commercial that says like you'll never believe what i mean i don't know that sounds cheesy like the cw old commercials but it's just like the expectations of filmmakers versus audience and they have to be aligned and they are not aligned yeah no matter how great they are (laughs) i'm sure they're correct in assuming that every single person that watched the book of boba fett had watched the first two seasons of the mandalorian first but like shoot for the stars don't make it be that reality you know like hope that they haven't uh matt and i watched this one every week as it was coming out Mm -hmm. and um we would get together it was probably like eight or nine o'clock it was kind of late so by that point some people would have already seen it because it's one of my biggest pet peeves when a new Star Wars show is coming out and Luke's texting me at like 10 a.m. like, hey, did you watch it yet? And I'm like, no, like I just sat down for work. Um, but I remember when that episode came out, I think it was you, maybe it was uh, somebody else, but they were like, oh, this is definitely by far like the best episode of Boba Fett. And I was so pumped for it. And then we watched it and we yeah. were like, yeah, this is incredible. And then we had that, like, that sad realization of like... But it's Boba Fett's not in it. <laughs> yeah. right? Like as soon as like Matt said, like twenty minutes in, we kind of had that conversation of like, oh, he's not going to be in it at all. Yeah, that's that's why not, people like this episode. Yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> um, that episode also gives the the well, it's the second one when Mando goes to see Grogu with the chain mail um, armor. That gives big uh, absent boomer dad who can't feel emotions. Who wants to connect with his son? He just walks into his room. Hey, slugger! I uh, got you a baseball mitt. Thought we might have a catch. <laughs> Go away, Dad! I'm playing my games. Grogu's sitting here doing backflips, learning to use the force, and he's like, "Okay, armor, cool. I'll talk to you later." Yeah, thanks, bud. There was a there's something about Luke in that scene which I it is a little odd. I think I think pe- some people were like, "Oh, it completely changes Luke Skywalker and kind of his thought of like being a Jedi of having to choose." between being a Jedi and also, or being a Mandalorian, which is, you know, being a full Jedi, which I feel like Luke Skywalker is inherently a new brand of Jedi where he's not following that, following that stuff. And he, he is who he is because he trusted his gut and he has his group of friends and, and things too. With that being said, I don't think that's entirely true because I think we see one instance of this when he's giving Grogu a choice, but Grogu never had a choice really before, you know, he, Din Djarin gave him to Luke to go train for what he thought was the better. But I think Grogu, Luke giving Grogu that option to go is very much Luke Skywalker. I don't think it is a Luke Skywalker has turned into the old ways of the Jedi. I think he is, I think he showing him who he is as a teacher is, yes, you should decide just like I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I never heard any qualms with the Luke Skywalker bits. Well, I, no, I, I feel dumb. <laughs> I quite I quite like all the Luke Skywalker parts, and we. No, I, I heard some criticism about it, yeah. like he's forcing it to be like a binary and everything. Like, oh, you can only do one. Yeah. But I don't think I don't see it like that though. No, I, I, think, I agree with you. Yeah, um, we've talked a lot about uh, effects, digital, practical, mm-hmm. the difference, so which ones are better. This show has some of the best digital effects and some of the best practical effects. Mm. Cat, um, yeah. Cad Bane looks incredible I and he's so all too. practical and they are able to do him talking yeah, yeah. and it, they do it practically and it, ma- His, and it looks good it looks scary like he mm-hmm. freaks me out legitimately I think <laughs> that is the more so than even his light blinking after he gets stabbed i think the fact that they put so much effort into that prosthetic and have it working so well is more indicative <laughs> that he will come back because they're yeah. not just going to shelve that it works oh, too good yeah. someone came up hey robert we read the script man we saw that you wanted to kill this character we just put like a bunch of time and money <laughs> into this guy we need to bring him back at some point like uh we'll just have like a blinking light stay on <laughs> okay cool yes i agree with that and he when he moves his lips they articulate to the words perfectly that's huge um we just talked about how that's like a biggest pet peeve of ours when obviously practical effects mouths do not move along with the words mm-hmm. which is a, right. still a problem with the um uh oh who is it the trandoshans yeah and the uh, well, the Clatoonians were kind of using their real mouths to an extent. The, cl- the Clatoonians are a little good. better, yeah. yeah. And the, then, pi- the Pikes didn't look that great. No, the Pikes, no. that's what I'm thinking of. The Pikes were not good, and then the other ones, the Aqualish, didn't even, I don't think they spoke basic, so. Right, yeah, and that's easier. And yeah. the Ithorian, too. The Ithorian yeah. looked great. I love that. Mm-hmm. And that's such a good way to you have him talk in an alien language and, like, out the side of his neck perfectly, mm-hmm. and yep. that makes sense, because he, and he just has to translate, translator. Yeah. It's Yeah, love it's really it. cool. Uh, do you have any more positives or negatives, Luke? Nope. I think I'm all tapped all out. Right. Good show. Far better on a rewatch. Let's real quick rank it on a scale of one to ten. Oh, exactly what, what I was going to ask too. 
And eight. I was gonna eight out of oh. ten. Eight. That's yeah. I agree. All those negatives. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Beyond. I the, I the, need to see what you think is a seven. Um. Well, he gave I, a game he will never play again, like a nine. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. It's because of Star Wars. Like, uh, do you want me to rate it on a out of just all the Star Wars content we've ever gotten? It's yes. Lower. I'd give that probably like a. Wait, how do you five? rate things? I always, that's how I always rate things all together. It's like, oh yeah, this yeah, is Luke's ranking system. This is my gold standard. How does it rank to the gold standard of anything? But what's the gold standard? The gold standard you're, of Star Wars or the gold standard of TV? Uh, whatever you want. You personally, it's, well, I think it's the, for me. It's the same. Yeah. But I mean, I love Star Wars, so it's going to be. I'm, I'm going to enjoy it in a different way. But I mean, I can still rank it on a harsher, or I can still grade with a critical eye. I agree, because th- things can be different, right? Like, obviously, yeah. it's it's hard to say, like, oh, like Breaking Bad and The Office are two of my favorite shows of all time. But they are. But they are, yeah. <laughs> and it's like you can't compare the two; they're just polar opposites from each other. But yeah. they can still be like ten I, out of tens. I know. I mean, I'm not grading it as like a like a technical TV show. I'm grading mm-hmm. it like as Sorry. how much I like TV, how much I like this TV show. Like, I really like the show Dexter, Me too. but. I would give that probably like a seven or an eight, and it's obviously way better made than Bo- the Book of Boba Fett. But if you just ask me which show I like better, it's the Book of Boba Fett because it has Boba Fett and all the, and the world that I love and all these unique creatures and great lore. So if you wanted me to rate it just in a world where only Star Wars existed and nothing else, I would give it more like a five or a six. Oh damn! All right, so that's a significant drop. Beyond rating it out of 10 as well, because I wanted to do the same thing, and I want you to do the same thing, but has your list changed now in the TV shows? I was I, I went and looked at it again, yes. because I liked it so much better on rewatch, and no. Yeah. <laughs> I just, wanted it to. The top six are, there's no comparing. Right. I'm just going to like Bad Batch better than Book of Boba Fett. There's just no way about it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no yeah. way. I, I ranked Book of Boba Fett last on my TV show list, yes. and it has not changed it. Dang, no, right. not even I, an eight. I thought we were going to speak an eight. I thought we were going to give an eight too. <laughs> no, Luke. well, maybe maybe I have to go back and rewatch Resistance first before I before I say I changed that. But <laughs> as a plug f- for our future episode because we're gonna <laughs> yes, sometime after Ahsoka. So see us in December, folks. <laughs> um, but I would give it maybe like a a three out of ten. Wow, dang, that is harsh. I don't know if I would. I, I think I give like the room a two out of ten, and that's like. That's like the one, you know, like that, the worst no, that's movie like, ever made. What was below the room then? That has to be a zero. Birdemic is like a one. Okay, I've never seen Birdemic. I, I, I rarely give, I'm a little bit of a sucker. I feel like oh, the sweet spot, like if I don't like something, it'll get a five to, and like, like like a five and below. But like if it's technically, if I, it was like, I'm like, this is technically made well. I enjoyed some scenes. I can find something in of it. I'll give it like a six. Um, And so both of it for me is a seven. I think it's, technically made well i think some of the shots are great i think like you said the the vfx we get some great practical effects we do get two great mando episodes it's Um, really just the writing that's not good which is only one part of filmmaking and so it's tough that it's such a significant part to lower it so much yeah it's 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 just just the the plot yeah it's just i know it's a chain that's a that's like a (laughs) really big one though you know what i mean it is and the character development yeah it's like no we like the character development no it doesn't make sense there is none i like boba fett's lesson should have been that there is better as a lone wolf you cannot say there is none it it happens with the tuscan arc you cannot say that he his character does not develop through that scene you cannot like it and you cannot like the way it's structured in the series, but it's there. No, I don't think it is. He just was all of a sudden a good guy. Okay, from not a writing perspective, just a technical standpoint, another thing I forgot to say was the montages. There's some weird montages where it's like, it just feels like 10 minutes has passed. Like, it feels like they clearly shot this to be a montage so they just shot the whole thing in like a 10 minute spree or something mm. you know what i mean mm. there was um the the montage when he was building the gaffy stick yeah and then there was another montage oh, that's gotta be a montage you can't build a gaffy stick in real time How no but i'm it? just saying like the montage just like it felt very like like think of like breaking bad right like every time they make the mess and like you get like a lot of like cool shots like intercut with it like the montage of him building the gaffy stick just felt like okay and then just fast forward 10 minutes and just play two seconds there okay fast forward another 10 minutes like there was no like rhythm to it yeah i don't know if rhythm's the right word mm-hmm. but like you, do you know what i'm you know yeah. what i'm talking about yeah like there was I no i think you guys are crazy there's no that artistry was, to it yeah. i don't know such like a they could have standard montage like he they was building a gaffy stick I what think, do you want from it i think they the, the thing is maybe what you're pointing out is that they filmed it probably of him actually doing it putting assembling it together probably in real time and then they cut it down instead of purposely being like okay we only can show this shot being put together we're only showing this shot purposely you know like storyboarded are you implying that Tamora Morrison built a gaffy stick in real life 
uh, if they were like, I don't know, if they were like just like assembling it or like same thing with like the putting on the robes, right? They just dressed Tamora Mortensen and then they that, were like that scene was silly. Yes. They were they were yeah. dressing him like a king going off to battle. Yes. And they just put black robes on. So him. I think it's like, gotta be so hot. How how does not everyone die of heat stroke? Yeah, yeah. that's insane. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So While we're talking about Tam, yes. let's talk. Let's end the show on a highlight because tomorrow yeah. morning. Let me get my more. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. No. I, I would give it a seven, and it has not moved from my seven spot in my top TV shows. All right, go on, Max. <laughs> I was just gonna say, Tamara Morrison is fantastic. He brings a certain type of energy to the character of Book of Boba. Of, or I'm sorry, the character of Boba Fett. Yeah, like after I look a big meal, he wants to sit on the couch. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm, I'm just kidding. He, like, uh, it, when he battles without his helmet on and you can yeah. see his facial expressions, it's he he's is really intense and he's really into it. And I can tell that the actor is loving it and it makes me love it even more. 1000%. Yeah, that's I agree. great. Yeah, he is great. I think he's also deserved to be in Star Wars and I feel like he's he's put in the legwork and I feel like I'm, I was excited to see him in Obi-Wan for that mm-hmm. little bit. I'm, you know, I, I assume we're going to see him in Ahsoka as well, which is going to be really cool. So, um, yeah, I just, we all want more Tem. Um, but and I and you know he really wants more Boba Fett as he make, is making it very apparent and I do hope they kind of learn their lesson in the fact of yeah let's do this not even you know subjectively better or anything let's just like let's give the people what they want and Tem what he wants as Boba Fett I think is another good way to maybe to put it because Tem is in a very uh, interesting position where he also plays clones I wonder if there will ever be a point in his career where he's like you know what. I just want to play Captain Rex. I know I was Jango Fett and Boba Fett. Let's let's put him on the back burner. I like this character. I now. weirdly think he would be a better Rex, to be honest. I feel I, like he fits that a little better with his personality and stuff too. Like his personality is very Rex. Like I mean, his, his personality—it's just the way you're acting. Like he—he's a great Jango Fett yeah. twenty years ago, and he's the same guy. I do I do think Boba Fett being as old as Tamora Morrison is is a little weird. Like mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. Can, canonically, yeah. it's not exactly that age, and. I just wish Boba Fett wasn't quite as old. I know we, he has to be because yep. the actor's that old. Yeah, they really wrote that but Rex older. makes sense being older. Yes. So I, I would agree. like that more. And we talk about too about actors aging and stuff, and that'll be perfect because as time goes on, it'll only be better and better timing for Tamara Morrison to play Rex. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially because Rex is going to peacefully die of old age. So that'll that'll look nice and <laughs> stay stay tuned for our Ahsoka theories and predictions, folks. <laughs> Nothing bad will happen to that man. He's been through too much. Um, LT, do you have any force for thought for chance? I do have some force for thought. Some of it popped into my head while I was rewatching the book of Boba Fett, and it comes in the episode where Mando goes to find Grogu, and he lands his new N1 starfighter on that planet, and he sees R2, and R2 takes him to Ahsoka. And I have a new headcanon that R2 greeting him, mm-hmm. and he is overwhelmed with seeing this N1 starfighter again. And he looks at it and he's like, oh my god, that is the starfighter that I met Anakin Skywalker on, or that I took Anakin Skywalker to win the Battle of Naboo. And he just thinks about everything that's happened and everywhere he's been and everyone he's lost. And then he shuts down when Mando's waiting on that bench and just because he's just having a mental breakdown in his (laughs) dome. He is just overcome with grief seeing that ship again. And because we know, as we've learned on a previous Force for Thought episode, that R2 did not have his memory wiped after Revenge of the Sith. Correct. He he remembers all of it. R2 should remember that N1 Starfighter very well. He looks at it and has, like, war flashbacks. (laughs) Man, what a depressing... Just getting beat over there, R2. I'm so sorry. Luke eventually walks up to R2. He's like, buddy, what's wrong? (laughs) All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for listening. Um, we like Star Wars. Uh, we went pretty hard this episode. Some of us did. Deservedly so. Um, but, um, yes, you can find us on all socials. So let us know if you agree or disagree. Um, again, people don't seem to be rushing to the... Yep. Let, let us know after you rewatch it. Because a rewatch really did help all of us, and m- me especially. Like I, I like the show substantially more on a rewatch yeah. without the pressure of what it's going to be, just appreciating it for what it is. Give it a rewatch. Yeah, and I if agree. you don't, we don't want your comments. <laughs> 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 Prove to us that you have rewatched it. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. See you, Sammy. Yeah.